Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Sarah, how are you? What are you doing? What you reading? What am I reading? What am I doing? Let's see. I had my sister's bachelorette, went Ooh. and saw the Joe Bros, <gasps> went to the year 3000. It was fun. Had a great time with my sister celebrating her. So Yay. that was fun. Also, I like never, ever, 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 ever get dressed up for things. So this was like super out of my element it was it was fun I love doing it for my sister but it was 10 out of 10 thank you I literally sent photos to all of my girlfriends because I was like you'll never see me in an outfit like this ever again in my whole life and it was like the hair the makeup the outfit I was yeah. like this is the most un-Sarah I could ever be but- I was so excited you sent me that photo first <laughs> off I was like oh my god this is incredible secondly it is now my life's mission <laughs> To get you to dress up like that one more time. Yes. Since I you would. Said that. For my friends, I would absolutely dress up. <laughs> but do I do it on the reg? Absolutely not. Yeah. Not my jam. But it's fine going to a concert, getting your outfit yeah. all together. For a concert? Mm-hmm. Yes, I so would. So fun. I know. I was like, do I need to go to like another concert? Me. Yeah. I'm going to see Chris Stapleton. But that's not the that's, vibe. That's a different vibe. Yes. What size shoe are you? 10. I have some cute, those blue cowboy boots, mm-hmm. the blue butterfly cowboy boots. You got them in a 10? Aren't you like an eight? No, I'm like a, I'm, it depends. I fluctuate between nine and 10. Really? Yeah. With those cowboy boots. I know you're right. You would wonder because I'm so much shorter. <laughs> Sarah's like, I'm a head taller than you. How do you have the same shoe size as me? I don't know, Sarah. Yeah. I have a huge head and huge feet. <laughs> Get off my case. Anywho. With boots, I tend to size up yeah. to a 10. Mm-hmm. So you could borrow my blue butterfly cowboy mm. cowgirl boots. Just throwing it out there. Maybe. <laughs> it could be your next outfit. My next outfit, yes. Um, but yeah, so aside from that, reading-wise, um, I had flight time, which is always nice. Granted, it was like 6 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I started reading um, uh, Wildfire oh. by Hannah Grace. So I okay. read her Icebreaker book. Like last week and loved it. And this is like, I think it's cool that a lot of authors do this. They're like, so it's technically a series, Mm -hmm. but it's not the same characters as the first book. So it's like they pull. Tessa Bailey does this too. Yeah. So they pull, she pulls references of like, so it's the same, like it's a hockey team. Mm. And so the second book focuses on a different player and like his whole story. So it's like, you get references to the same players but it's like a whole new story. So I, I love that. I love that. And like, there's a couple different like book series is whatever that I've like read and like started. And I'm like, Ooh, I should read the second one, but it's like, I don't feel obligated to, which is so nice. Yeah. Cause I hate always having to have like three books in a series. It's like, yeah. you could read this and like have background on characters, but you don't have to. Yeah. So, but no, I'm really enjoying wildfire. It's like summer camp vibes, Ooh. which makes me so happy. And like, I was a camp counselor one year during college um at a summer camp that was like a stay away camp for the whole summer so like this brings back so many memories they're talking about like camp goggles and like everybody starts finding people attractive and I was like oh my god this is like real life like if nobody's been a camp counselor before 
reading this book, it will truly give you a sense of like <laughs> camp life. So that's so fun. Very much enjoying that right now. Um, and then I think that's all I'm currently reading. I know I've got like a laundry list of yeah on my TBR. So many, but it's it's all it's all good. It's all good. I'll get them eventually. Those are so fun. Yeah. So what about you? What are you reading? What well, are you doing? A completely different kind of book. Yes. So I had my like monthly book club mm-hmm. where we read such random or just shouldn't say random books that I normally wouldn't right. read mm-hmm. um, because there's five of us and I get to pick once every five months what right. the book is because we all take turns. This time the person picked a book called These Impossible Things. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh my Five god. Stars. Oh really? Yeah. I was so surprised. Mm-hmm. Um it was a book about three women and I normally am into like female friendship type things. Mm-hmm. But to be completely honest, they were um they were all women who live live and function within like Muslim society like within America. Right. And I just I know so little mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. That I've never been particularly like frankly like intrigued by it like right. it's just no shade yeah I just I've never it's not on your radar it's not, it's just never been on my radar mm-hmm. and so when I started reading this book I wasn't like particularly excited about it because it's something I'm typically excited about reading it was more so like oh I'm interested to learn a little bit more about mm-hmm. this culture and how these women interact within that culture and with each other mm-hmm. um so I was looking at it as this will be a really great like learning opportunity mm-hmm. for me to to have a new experience yeah it emotionally mm-hmm. wrecked me mm. it was beautiful oh wow it was five stars i like it was just such interesting journeys of them wrestling with their own identities mm-hmm. and how they fit within their culture and what their culture actually means and like what it means to be muslim and it just i just was blown away wow so it very different kind of book yeah this is not fantasy. This is not mm-hmm. romantic. It's it's that's good though. You need to change it up. It's good to read things good. that aren't in our little niche genre over here. Yeah, like I I could not put it down. Mm-hmm. Like once I started, I was like, oh my, I need to know. Yeah, I sobbed. Like oh. it just. Oh. That's it so was, good. It was beautiful. Oh good, beautiful. So would highly recommend it. Yeah, if you want a little change of pace. Yeah. I think that's honestly, though, probably one of the first five-star books I've had that are, like, outside of, like, my usual Mm -hmm. genre in a while. Yeah. It definitely takes a lot, I feel like, for a book to get a five-star outside of the genre that I typically read. Right. Um, Like, I'm scrolling Goodreads right now, and it's like, (sighs) Emily Henry, Mm -hmm. she gets five stars. There was Fourth Wing. There was um, the Shadow of the Gods book series, which was that like Nordic right. one. There was like the Bridge Kingdom series. Like those are like my five stars of the year. Yeah. None of those like that. Those are in my two two key genres. Mm-hmm. And like I just keep scrolling and it's all the like books in my normal genre. <laughs> so like yeah. it's been a minute since I've read outside of this genre and like really loved a book and found it to just be like beautiful. That's so, amazing. That's so good. Would recommend. Good. Um, but speaking of book club, oh, we have our book club coming up next weekend. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh, 
That was a lot of singing. I, I first, I will never complain when you sing, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> it shows your enthusiasm and I love it. Secondly, to clarify, when we say next weekend, yes. it's not this upcoming Correct. weekend. It is the following weekend. Yes. September 24th. I think that's that Sunday. It's that Sunday, whatever day that is. And we're doing fourth wing. <gasps> yes. I know our book club people. So our book club fan members vote on what book they want to do. And we all wanted to do it last quarter, but there was the whole like printing issue. Right. People couldn't get their hands on the book. So <sighs> Which sucked. So we pushed it this quarter. We're going to keep the fourth wing hype alive. Yes. We're going to read fourth wing. We're going to talk about fourth wing. It's going to be great. If mm-hmm. you're interested in participating, all you have to do is a read the book, which yes. I assume we all have at this point. Yes. So reread the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, great excuse. Um, and then join our Patreon as a fam mm-hmm. member and you automatically get included. Yes. So exciting things. Mm-hmm. I love our book club because it's within our genre and I know I will enjoy the book. Yes. It's hit or miss when it's other people book clubs. I hear you. But alas. Yes. Um, okay. I think that's it. I think, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So this week we're doing chapter 62 through 65 mm-hmm. and we're calling this episode a wolf and a hellhound. Mm. Bum, bum, um, I know y'all can't see my tabs, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of green tabs, mm-hmm. which are my like, what? Yes. <laughs> Questions. Oh, tabs like yes. that was the theme mm-hmm. of this whole section. My mind is blown. The last chapter of this, I was like, are we reading the whole thing for the podcast? It's mm-hmm. quite potentially possible. What? Yes. Okay. Chapter 62. Mm-hmm. The Underking visits Hypaxia and Ethan. Did you hear how my voice went up like four octaves? Yeah. Like, it's the Underking. Well, I said, excuse me, like Underking, what are you doing here? I was expecting Connor, not you. Yeah. Um, But also the Prince of the Pit visits Bryce. Yeah. What the heck? What's happening? I don't understand. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So we're with Hypaxia yeah. and Ethan mm-hmm. in the middle of their necromancy summoning. Yes. And it failed. It miserably fails. They get the Underking. Who is not who they want to see. No. Well, it's interesting because it's like Hypaxia is like, you know, I'm not going to be able to hold this long. Like he has such strong energy. Yeah. And then it's like all of a sudden it's the Underking. And I was like, yeah, like hold on a second. No wonder you couldn't could barely hold him. It's the yeah. Underking. Like... And I'm like, how are you here? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And she sa- she's like, you were not summoned, like, return. And he goes, um, young fools, you play with powers beyond your kin. And I'm like, she's a necromancer. Right. That's literally her powers. Right. What are you talking uh, about? And he's like, he's like emitting some kind of like green light with weird symbols. And he's like taunting Hypaxia. He's like, let's play a little game. The House of Flame and Shadow has long been curious about your abilities, your majesty. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know. And we don't find out for a while. No, but Ethan also asked to like, he says, I'd like want to speak for my brother or speak to my brother. And the Ender King says, your brother is well cared for, but whether that remains so now depends entirely on you. What? So Connor's at stake now? Right. I was like, did Ethan mess up Connor's safety by like trying to talk to him? What is happening? I don't know. Okay. So now. We are back at Bryce's apartment. Mm-hmm. She's in sexy, sleepy dreamland. Yes. Which, best sleep of your life, always. Always. Um, But she's having, like, a weird dream-like thing. She's like, I know I'm in my apartment, and I know I'm sleeping, and yet, where am I? And it's like, there are mountains and deserty like, vibes, and you're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And the star eater is there. 
and is talking to her. Mm-hmm. What the heck? They're in Parthos. What? With Apollyon. Like, what? What? How are you there? It's crazy. And she asks, she's like, where are we? And he says Parthos or what remains of it. And she goes, in the real world or in like a dream world? And he says, dream world or what you consider to be dreams. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. What is, I have seen theories, which mm-hmm. I can't even go with you into, but some people have talked about it. Like, is this all a dream? And I'm like, that quote made me go like, is this all a dream? Is this? That would be, no. What? No. I don't know. Whose dream? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't want to. I don't want to speculate. That'll make okay. me so mad. We'll just ignore that theory. <laughs> <laughs> but what'd you notice about what he had to tell her? Um, well, so I thought it was interesting because Apollyon tells her like he's speaking with her now because Adis is away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're raising hell's armies, but I'm like, why did he have to wait for Adis to leave to talk to Bryce? Yeah. Like, I don't understand this brother dynamic thing. Um, but Bryce asks that they stay in their own world. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, please stay. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, and then, you know, we learn all about like Thea being Adis's great love. Which, what? 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 That's um, unexpected. Yeah. And apparently everything Apollyon did was like for his brother. Yeah. He's like, why do you think I slew Peleus? Why do you think I went on the went on to devour Sirius? All for him. My foolish, lovesick brother. In such a rage of Thea's death at Peleus's hands, his last folly lost us the war. What? I don't understand. Like what? Also, I, I didn't realize you were that good of a brother. First no, off. they definitely seem like <laughs> you're talking to Bryce while Adis is gone. Like that's not giving me the best vibes. No, but like, why has Adis kept this a secret? I don't know. And it's like, is that why he knew like specifically Thea's like star, like color or like, you know, cause mm-hmm. he's one that's like, that was Thea's light. Like, is that why he's interested in her? I don't know. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Um, so she asks him, about the reapers and she's like did you send those reapers to mm. jump me and rune because that's kind of what the under king posed mm-hmm. and apollyon is just like very much like what reapers like i have no idea what you're talking about right and honestly like and and she kind of like is like well you know the under king said that you did it and he's like this is not a useful debate and i do not appreciate being called a liar and i was like well okay yep conversation over about mm. that i yeah. guess but so it begs the question, who sent the Reapers? It's a great question. Is the Under King lying? Was it someone else? What's going on? Don't know. Um, and, you know, we learned that Adis and their troops were, and Thea were allies fighting against the Asteri. Mm-hmm. So hell is good? Apparently. Question mark? And, like, he wants her to use the horn and open the gates for hell to finish this war. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I believe him. Yeah. But I also don't know if I Hill. don't. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Like all, everything he's saying, if it's true, mm-hmm. then she should do what he's asking. Right. But it's still hell. Mm-hmm. He's the star eater. Right. So it's like, do I trust you? Um, but so she like obviously she tells him absolutely not I'm not like using the horn to open the gates right. but he tells her he's like come find me in hell when you learn the truth and I'm like what truth yeah he what? also calls her a disappointment which I'm like oh 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mom, thanks. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> I'm not really too worried if I'm disappointing the Prince of Hell. Right. But Maybe a little bit, but. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but he's not who I'm, like, really concerned about. But I'm just like, I don't understand, like, all these truths. Like, why? Could someone just tell us the oh, truth? I just want the answers. Like, give me the answers. <laughs> I know that's whiny of me, but, like, I just want to know. I know. Well, also, okay, one other thing he says is he's talking about Hunt. And he says, Orion was bred to be receptive to our kind. Why do you think he's so adept at hunting us? I'm like, he was bred? Like, who was, who's his dad? Who is his dad? Yeah. Because, like, his mom, he knows who his mom was. Yep. Like, he met his mom. He was raised by his mom. But who the heck is his dad that he was bred? It's just, that's a weird word choice. Yes. Well, that's like an intentionality of yes. Like this. I put these two people together, right, to, to create. create hunt. Yeah, or more than two. Like, was he made in a lab? I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Questions. Very questioning. Mm-hmm. Okay, last part of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're back with Ethan and Hypaxia, and like the Underking had disappeared. Yes, and they're both in like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And Hypaxia is like, stay close. Like, there's all these wards. Like, we just got to keep moving. And all of a sudden, they hear these howls all around them mm-hmm. and snarls. And the hunting hounds of the House of Flame and Shadow have been sicked on them by the Under King. And now they got to survive. Yeah. What in the world? I just, I'm so grateful that Ethan has Hypaxia with him. Yeah. But I am very nervous for them. Well, neither of them are particularly, like, powerful. Right. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. they have power. Right. And they're strong, but they're not, like, they're not Bryce. They're not Hunt. Exactly. Right. So what is going to happen? Don't know. Okay. Chapter 63. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Bryce practices teleporting and shares a half-truth about a meal to Cormac. Ethan and Hypaxia bring a summons. Yeah. Wow. I like I can't believe Bryce actually tells Cormac about a meal, mostly ish. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> um and then like what does the underking want with Bryce? These are the questions. These are the questions. So they seem to have found the trick with the teleporting mm-hmm. where Bryce needs like a blast mm-hmm. and then she can do it. Yes. And she's kind of she's practicing, she's jumping around. And I thought it was so funny how she thought she was being clever and like hopping between all the people. I know. And she places herself right in front of Farron and he like grabs her face and like kisses her right on the lips and is like, haha, I caught you. I know. I thought that was so funny. Even Hunt is like cracking up laughing. So like I love that Hunt has moved out of his like crazy mate protective right. phase. And like even he's thinking this is funny because at yes. first I was like, oh, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Therian in front of her mate. Yeah. But they're just, they seem to be having a good time. And I like, I like them being able to have this kind of moment in like the crazy. The ins- yeah. And mm-hmm. the insanity of what has happened and what's to come that we know about. Yes. So it's a good, mo- it's a good moment. It is. But they're there with Declan. Like, obviously, they filled the group in on everything that's happened. And Declan is, he says, can, I, can we pause for a moment and remark on the fact that both of you have spoken to the prince of the pit? Is no one else about to puke at the thought? Yeah. And it's just like, accurate. And it's like Rudin pulls up his hand and Therian's like over there laying down, like raising his hand. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, and then Bryce being Bryce, she like high fives Hunt. She's like special kids club. And I'm oh just Lord. like, you guys are ridiculous. They really are. But I just. They're perfect I, for each other. I appreciated Declan in that moment. <laughs> 
Um, so Bryce obviously working on her teleporting and she's getting pretty good. Yeah. Um, but you know, Cormac is there and he is not happy with her mm-hmm. because of what went down at the party. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that just wasn't cool. Like you should have told me. Right. Which agree. I feel like you could have given him some kind of heads up. Yeah. And so like, it's clear that he's, he's pissed, mm-hmm. but he seems to be like in a getting okay mm-hmm. range with them at first because there's a little bit of like you need me i need you let's keep doing what we can right everything's not totally effed up so mm-hmm. we're okay right but he's like just like don't like keep anything else from me right and bryce is like you know like i no other secrets to hide i swear mm-hmm. and there's something in her eye that makes him go you're a liar. Right. There is something else you're hiding. Mm-hmm. And I think he's so perceptive. Yes. Having caught that so quickly. For sure. Um, But I'm surprised she gave it away that easily. Yeah. Well, he like, he disappears and reappears behind her holding a knife to her throat. Like, yep. you better freaking tell me. Yeah. Or else. And hunt, and she's like, well, I made the drop. I'll live. And he's like, not if I freaking cut your head off. It like, like, oh. Yeah. And Hunt's over there like, well, I'll cut your head off. And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, Hunt. Like, he would cut her head off first. Like, it's not really that big of a threat. Like, yeah. Um, but she winds up telling him, like, that, you know, she found a meal. Like, mm-hmm. she, he was with the Viper Queen. And basically, yep. like, she let him go into, like, a safe place. And, yep. like he has no power and that's why like he's been freed and yeah just let it be basically yeah. and i'm like kind of surprised she said anything yeah um and he's because he's like asking well where did the viper queen send her she's like she wouldn't tell me and he's like i'm gonna make her tell me and ruins just like cracking he's like she's not gonna tell you anything the viper queen right. didn't tell anybody anything and it's yeah. like okay maybe that is like what he needed to hear to be like okay no like yeah calm down so he seems like okay mm-hmm. with that truth right we know mm-hmm. that she knows where emil is yes um and rune is even watching this and he's like i still know you're lying right like mm-hmm. you know where he is right um but it seems to have at least calmed cormac right for now yeah and therian's like yeah i'm not telling the river queen anything either like yeah i'm just gonna pretend that i don't know this information so i can stay <laughs> right. up here well and cormac even then goes and apologizes for using the knife on bryce which i was like oh yeah that was nice of i him. feel like he's like a mature adult he honestly kind of is i mean t- going behind her and like holding a knife to her throat is well, a little like, drastic this is war like her secret could have him in danger like for sure I can see why he reacted the way he did. Yeah. Well, and it's also so important to him because he loves Sophie. So I get it. Yeah. Um, But they are interrupted. Hypaxia and Ethan show up at training in like a very urgent way. Yeah. Um, But they're just like kind of staring. I thought it was like cute because they're just like in awe of Bryce, like training and like teleporting everywhere. And like Ethan's long lost love, like Mm. they made the comment. And I was just like, oh, poor Ethan. But they, you know, they walk in eventually um, and they tell them what happened with the Underking and how he trapped them all night um, with those hinds like in an olive grove and basically took until now to get out of there. And, That's like, crazy. Yes. Took Hypaxia all night. Like I cannot imagine running from these things while trying to like mm-hmm. go through wards. Also, how did no one notice that Hypaxia and Ethan like just disappeared for the whole night? It's a great question. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I guess they were drunk, but still. Yes. Even so. Um, but yeah, basically they need Bryce to meet the Underking in less than an hour. Otherwise, Connor and the pack will be turned into second light, like immediately. Like, oh. Well, okay. I guess we're moving. Yeah. Like, How do you say no to that? Right. Okay, chapter 64, a meeting with the Underking gets messy and Baxian drops a huge secret. Mm, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Danica and Baxian were freaking mates. It makes so much sense. It makes so much. There's. I don't think there would have been any other explanation that was acceptable for Baxian to be the way that he's being. Exactly. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? Again, another twist I did not see coming. No. No. Pretty crazy. Yeah. All right. So um, this chapter starts out. Therian, who had actually peaced out before, mm-hmm. they said that they were going to go see the Ender King. Right. Um, he is at the meat market visiting the Viper Queen mm-hmm. because he's like, well, like. Basically get gossip so that he can pretend to be looking for a meal. That's right. Mm-hmm. So Therian is putting on his show. Mm-hmm. Doing all that thing. And he starts hearing words about dragons. Yes. And then he's like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. if I get a dragon, yeah. that will appease the River Queen and get her off my back. Right. And so he wants to have a conversation with the Viper Queen and see if there's any deal to be struck there. Right. Um, And he calls Flynn, who comes and meets him because he thinks the dragon's there. And so right. Flynn obviously is a good person to have with him. Um, and they go to, like, this secret door that's guarded by the Fae. And, like, they let him in. And they're able to go see the Viper Queen. And they, like, walk in. And I guess it's Ari now. Yeah. Our dragon. <laughs> um, she's, like, lounging on the couch next to the Viper Queen, smelling like drugs and watching TV. I'm like, oh, hey. Seems to be living her best life. Yeah. What's up, dragon? Yeah. So, apparently, when she abandoned mm-hmm. Ethan and Hypaxia... She essentially came here and struck a deal with the Viper Queen, and mm-hmm. she's fighting in the pits and is getting to live her life however she wants down yeah. there. Mm-hmm. She gets like a portion of the winnings to like try to pay back her or to pay off her slavery. Yeah, which that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> no, but if she's doing as well as she is and she's making so much money, like maybe one day. Maybe, <laughs> but it's like Flynn confronts her and he's like, you'd rather be here fighting in her pit than with us. And she says, you threw me on guard duty. Is that any better than fighting in the pit? And he says, "Uh, yeah, fuck ton better. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of slightly agree with him. I get not wanting to be told what to do, but uh, yeah, isn't that, isn't that slightly better? Yeah. Um, And she says, you sound like someone who's grown accustomed to his life being as dull as dust. He says, you've been trapped inside a ring for God knows how long. What the hell do you know about anything? And I'm like, is there something brewing here? Mm. Do they like each other? He seems very fired up about her leaving. You know what? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no other reason why. Like, everybody else is like, yeah, I'm pissed that the dragon left. But he's like, he is pissed. Yeah. And they have like a staring contest later. Like, mm. it feels very like. He calls her Ari. Yeah. Mm. Just feels like more. It does. Mm-hmm. So Therian takes a walk with the Viper Queen, asks, like, if he can, like, have a word. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of their walk to go have a private conversation, they come across the Harpy, mm-hmm. who's collecting her drugs. So, like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, was not expecting that. No, like, a fun little side thing. And mm-hmm. she basically, like, threatens him, like, like, don't you dare say anything, which, like, I don't 
he was planning to but right. also like and i feel like there's like a code in the meat market like you don't say anything about anyone because yeah. you're all there for shady reasons exactly so, yeah but that was just an interesting like little side right i was like there. i wouldn't have expected a member of the triari to be doing Lightseeker. yeah it just kind of is surprising but yep. i don't know there you go it mm-hmm. is what it is um so what you notice about their conversation um, I mean, him just like, I, I felt like it was very dumb, the conversation. <laughs> like he's asking like if the river queen knows anything about Pippa or Ophion and she's like, of course I know about them. And it's like, okay. okay. And it's like, she wants obviously to keep the dragon. Yeah. So she's like, I need you and your friends to, you know, use your little legal sway to make it so that she needs to fight for whatever political mm-hmm. bull crap they can think of. And I was like, that's a big ask for him ask. just trying to get information on Pippa and Ophion. I was like, I feel like you're not even asking the right questions. Yeah. Like, I feel like you did not do a very good job at negotiating any information. No. And it's I, like, her answer is like, go call your friends. I was like, you did that for that? It's just, it doesn't make sense. No. There is not a negotiator. He is not very good at negotiating. I was like, for a captain of intelligence, you're pretty dumb. <laughs> Like, I feel like that was poorly, poorly executed, sir. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No. So they start calling and no one's answering. So they're like, okay, something is wrong. Right. And they leave. And Flynn kind of is just like, you know, he parts with the words of like, I'm coming back for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see about that. Um, okay, so then we're back with the other half of our crew, mm-hmm. and they are at Earth's Temple, ready to meet the Under King. Mm-hmm. And I just, this made me laugh that, like, the last, she's only been here once, Bryce, and it was her and Juniper, they had drunkenly taken a cab over here one night during college to make an offering to the goddess of fate to make sure their destinies were epic. I know. And I was just was laughing literally it was benevolent and foreseeing erd please make our destinies as epic as possible (laughs) i was like it's a freaking great ask and also just you never know what you're gonna get like gotta be careful what you pray for i know (laughs) lesson learned yeah um but so it's bryce rune hunt and ipaxia they were the only four allowed to come Um, and i thought it was kind of weird that like ethan and cormac like couldn't come I was yeah. like, it's weird that like the Under King like specifically said only these four. A little bit. Thought it was weird, but whatever. Um, and so they get there and the Under King is sitting on Erd's throne and, you know, Rune's yelling at him that he's desecrating it to get off. And he replies, which I just thought it was a weird comment. Mm-hmm. He says, I thought the Fae bowed to Luna, but perhaps you remember the old beliefs from a time when Erd was not a goddess, but a force winding between worlds when she was a vat of life, a mother to all, a secret language of the universe. The Fae worshipped her then. And I'm just like, it's a weird comment. Yeah. I don't know. I just found it weird. I like it should be shouted out. <laughs> Agreed. All right. So the Underking kind of gets down to business, which apparently he wanted to tell them that the Reapers, he figured out where they came from. Yeah. It wasn't him, mm-hmm. uh, which he said. He says it actually wasn't Apollyon, which I thought. Mm-hmm. It was the Asteri from the Eternal City. Yeah. The fuck? Why are they sending Reapers after Cormac and Bryce? And Rune. They took and Rune. Rune. And Rune. Yeah. What is happening? I don't know. 
Um, it's also weird that he like did all this to tell them. Right. I was like, you couldn't have just like sent an otter or something like with the message. Yeah. Like it feels a little drastic. Yeah. Um, and you know, he hunts asking like, why come here to attack us? And about the reapers. Um, and the under king says he doesn't know. And Bryce asks why tell us at all. And he says, because I do not appreciate my territory being infringed upon. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a good enough answer. It doesn't. For this whole thing. Um, and Rune says bullshit. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, you told them the horrible truth about what happens after death. And yet you're willing to let them live now because you're pissed that someone stepped on your toes. So also... The underking addresses Hypaxia, mm-hmm. and he tells her that she did well last night. Few could have worked their way through that labyrinth of spells. The house of flame and shadow will welcome you. And I'm part of me is like, no one asked. No. Like, we didn't need to be welcomed by the house of flame and shadow. Correct. Back off, dude. Well, speaking of flame and shadow, Bryce asks, like, did you speak to Jessica or did Jessica speak to you? Because it's like, I'm wondering if that's maybe why... He's telling her all this, yeah. whatever. But he says, who? And Bryce says, Jessica Roga, an antiquities dealer. She had a few death marks. She must know you. You know every, or she knows everyone. And he says, I do not know her by that name. But yes, I know of her. What name do you know her by? I don't know. But so Hunt is now just kind of like, like, why? Why did you summon us here? Mm-hmm. I don't buy it that you're like trying to be nice. Right. And, um, Bryce shows the like sequence of what was um, on Sophie's arm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what does the sequence mean? Which felt a little random to right. me. I mean, I know she's just grasping like at straws yeah. to see if anybody knows what it is. Um, and he says, I don't know, but perhaps you should ask them. And he points to the doorway and it is Pippa Spestos and all the Lightfall soldiers who are pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I was like, uh, excuse me, what are you doing here? don't like it no um but the the like under king he starts like disappearing almost like as if he was an illusion mm. there um which kind of makes sense because i feel like he can't really leave since he's like kind of deadish. yeah i don't know um but he like turns to them and says war means death death means souls and more second light who am i to turn away from a feeding trough commander Spestos's first act upon arriving in crescent city was to kneel before me when she mentioned the enemies in their ranks, I took it upon myself to inform her of our altercation. We made a deal that is in both of our best interests. Well, like, why is Cormac not there? I don't know. Like, wouldn't she be pissed at Cormac, too? Why was Therian not invited? He was there. Right. Just I mean, maybe she didn't see. Well, no, she saw everybody. She talked to everybody. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, Cormac's too valuable for her. Maybe. I don't know. Just It felt like it was a very specific audience was selected. Right. I'm like, why? Well, maybe it's like, I don't know. I was, I mean, I get Ethan and Hypaxia because they were the ones that were initially like summoning him. So I could see him wanting them back. Right. And maybe it was just like Hunt and, or Bryce and Rune were like the only ones that like, I, I don't know. But they are there and they are like trying to fire Gorzian bullets at them. So like, they're able to like close the inner sanctum doors. Yep. Um, and then it's like, okay, what the heck do we do? Like they start looking for a door because Hypaxia is like, there's always more than one exit. Like yep. we just have to find it. Um, but you know, Hunt tells Bryce, like she needs to like teleport out of there and 
well actually she just disappears on her own she's like i'll be back in a few minutes and i'm like where are you going yeah and then she comes back and they're like, we need to get Hypaxia out of here. And she's like, I've never carried anybody before mm-hmm. with her like teleporting. But Hunt's like, I believe in you. Like you can do this. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, maybe that's why Cormac wasn't invited. Cause they knew he could teleport. Maybe, maybe that's actually probably accurate. I don't know. Yeah. So she teleports, um, Hypaxia out of there and is able to come back. So I'm like, okay, success. We've done it. And she looks pretty crappy. And then, does the same thing for rune takes him back and it's like definitely been a few minutes longer because yeah. they've broken through the doors and like hunts like hiding behind like the statue and price appears she like is done like yeah. she is not able to teleport but yeah. she came back for him which she i'm just did. like precious but she's like done done like yes not like hey i need a recharge it's like i am spent yeah i cannot take any more power i cannot do anymore she's like i'm like a filleted piece of meat on the inside <laughs> like oh like, okay. yeah that doesn't sound too good no but uh, we find out apparently that first time when she teleported by herself she went to the gates and mm-hmm. so she like used the dial pad to broadcast a report that ophian was sacking Erd's temple and so hopefully that meant that they were going to be sending a unit there to try to take them out so hopefully mm-hmm. their fire would be turned in other directions right. momentarily. <laughs> Which is accurate because all of a sudden Pollux and the Mordok and all of these Dreadwolves yep. just like blow through and they start yep. killing all the Opion members. And you're like, yes, I'm excited. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you're like, I don't know how to feel. All right. I was like, I'm this. never excited for Pollux and Mordok. And yet, yay. Like yeah. you're basically saving Hunt's life right now. Well, something the under King said earlier mm-hmm. came to mind at, in this moment where he said, death is the only victor in the war. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me think like people are dying. That means things are successful. Like, right. But even though it's like both sides are bad, I know it's hard. It is hard. Um, yeah. So as they're like, Hunt basically like picks up Bryce because she like can't walk anymore. Yeah. She is done. And he is trying to figure out how the heck he's going to get out of there without being seen. When yeah. all of a sudden, who do we see? A dog. A dog. It's freaking Baxian in mm-hmm. his dog form. And he like waves his paw at Hunt to come over. And they do. He, he essentially like shows them yeah. the secret passage out and right. helps them get out. Mm-hmm. And he says like, I heard Pollux give the order to come here over the radio Given how pissed Pippa was after Adra, I figured it was you lot involved. And he says, I've researched the history of the temple, found rumors about a door hidden in the throne. It's what took me some time. And I'm just like, you are like, yeah, really thinking this out. Mm-hmm. Apparently you came to help. Um, but I just think it's interesting how in this moment, Bryce, who is so spent, mm-hmm. rallies herself yeah. to grab her gun mm-hmm. and point it at him. Yes. And tells him to stop right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on, Bryce? What did you pick up on? Right. That's sending red flags your way. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she's so spent. She's barely standing up. And she kind of like lays into Axiom, which I get. She's like, why the fuck do you keep popping up? Right. She says, Hunt says you're not spying for the Hind or the Assyri, but I don't believe it. Not for one second. So tell me the God's damn truth before I put this bullet through your head. And, like, she's right. She's onto something. It's like, why are you here? Right. You're trying to get in. You mm-hmm. keep telling us you're on our side. Why? Right. What is going on? And 
he shows her a tattoo. Well, he answers. He says, through love, all is possible. The words. The words. Danica's freaking out. And she's like, what? And he shows her his tattoo written over his heart in Danica's handwriting. Through I, love, all is possible. I cannot. And they? he tells her they were oh. mates. Whoa! What? 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 <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm dying. Dying. Literally dying. Oh my god. I did not know I was excited about this relationship, but I'm like, ah I know, I'm like so excited for it. Like I am so team Baxi in the second reread through. Like the first time I don't really know if I cared that much, but I'm like, yeah. yes, Baxi and Baxi and yes. <laughs> well, on a side note, so I I know I talked a lot about the first Crescent City audiobook. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to this book on audio. Ooh, I bet that would be interesting. Probably. I always think the there are certain books where the audiobook just gives you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't done that for this book. Yeah. But Andy mm-hmm. has been listening to the audiobook of this. Mm-hmm. And she said they make him sound like Goyle from <laughs> Harry Potter. And I'm devastated at the thought. Yeah, that is a little And I depressing. really hope that's not actually true. <laughs> Actually, okay, so when she sent that text, I thought she meant gargoyle, and I was like, huh. I was like, I wonder what a gargoyle sounds no, like. Oh, like Goyle from Crab and Goyle. I know. Didn't register. I just thought she misspelled gargoyle. That's instantly That's hilarious. Because I was like, I don't really know what that sounds like, but okay. <laughs> okay. Chapter 65. Yeah. Last chapter. Last chapter. Last heck of a chapter. Oh, my God. So Baxian explains his connection to Danica, and Bryce forms a plan to get answers. I had no summary. I was just like in awe. Yeah. In awe over here. I'm blown away. Yeah. Bryce's first response is that he's a liar. And he says, I loved her more than anything. And my heart is just breaking. I know. And Hunt's like, this isn't funny. And she and he like launches into it. He says, she was my mate. Ask Sabine. Ask her why she ran the night she burst into your apartment. She's always hated and feared me because I saw how she treated her daughter and wouldn't put up with it because I've promised to turn her into Carrion one day for what Danica endured. That's why Sabine left the party last night so fast to avoid me. And he's like, why would I have lied about this? And he goes to win our trust. And Bryce is like devastated by this. She says, I would have known if Danica had a mate. I would have known. And he's just like, you think she would have admitted this to you? Right. That the hellhound in Sandriel's Triari is like her mate. She's going to be like excitedly going home to dish it to you. Like, no, no, of course she wouldn't. But Bryce is like, obviously, there's been so many moments where she hasn't truly Mm-hmm. known something about Danica so this is just like one more thing and this is a huge thing yeah this is like the love of her life kind of a thing yeah and Bryce honestly Bryce is being like kind of mean at this point she's like you know like there was Thorn and um Baxian says Thorn was delusional to think she'd ever be with him and Bryce is like well she fucked around like you were no one to her mm-hmm. But then Baxian says, I had two years with her. She didn't fuck anyone else during that time. And Bryce is like, two years. She hadn't gone on a date in two years. And it's like, but she'd partied, but she'd stopped the casual sex. And Bryce is just like, it's not possible. And it's like, it is. we're starting to put these dots together. Oh. And he goes, believe me, I didn't want it either. But we saw each other and knew and he hunts like, well, that like that's why your behavior changed. Like you met Danica right after I left. So it's like that explains why Baxian's different since Hunt. 
mm-hmm. knew him. And it's just like, well, and I need to make a quick comment. I need to call out the fact that he's like, I saw her and knew. And it's like, that's why there's so much doubt about if Bryce and Hunt are mates. I feel like a lot of people are, are thinking because it's yeah. like they like worked for it. They decided to call each other yeah. mates. And like so, sexy time was super epic. Right. But like and there's the whole scent thing. Right. So it's like but possible. But didn't have that like <gasps> mates mate. right. moment. So just needed to call that out like that is. Yeah. When you hear stuff like that with Baxine and Danica when they didn't know each other and they just like saw each other and knew. Yeah. You're like, huh? I don't know. Can it look different? Can it look different? I don't know. Just need to. Well, okay. Wait, Cassie and Nesta didn't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. They had an instant like something though. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like it happened, but they were just in denial. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, just throwing it out in the universe. Right. Um. And so, um, Baxton is just. Oh, he kills me. He goes. It changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And so Bryce asked, like, how did they even meet each other? And apparently right. there was a gathering of the wolves, Panjaren and Valbaran, and the Prime had sent Danica as the emissary. Um, but they're like, you're not a wolf. Like, why were you there? Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I wasn't at the gathering. She sought me out while she was there. And you're like, why? And apparently it was connected to, like, the ancestry research that she was doing about shifters. Mm-hmm. And so since his is very unique, she wanted to, like, talk to him and ask questions, which I think is interesting. Like, if he's, like, this bad guy as part of the Triari, like, did you really think you could go and, like, ask him questions about his ancestry? Right. Be like, hey, bro, I know you're trying to do a dog. Can we talk? Like, let's grab coffee. It just doesn't make sense. No. But maybe she's like, I have no other choice. I can at least give it a try. Right. That's what I thought, too. I was like, that seems really dumb, right. like, to try to do that. But okay, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also says that he thinks the synth was a cover for something else. Mm-hmm. He says her death was because of the research she was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, he, or Bryce says, why did she care about any of this? And he answers, she wanted to know where we came from, the shifters, the fae, all of us. She wanted to know what we'd once been, if it might inform our future. She was also, she told me she wanted to find an alternative to Sabine. And there's a part of me that's like, this kind of stuff, I I can kind of get why she like hid the mate thing. Mm -hmm. I can get why she hid like the synth thing. But this passion around wanting to understand where they came from, mm-hmm. I feel like Bryce should have been able to pick that up. Like, this should not also be a surprise. No, it shouldn't be. And so the fact that either Bryce didn't pick this up or Danica didn't reveal this, it continues to throw this question to me of, like, how well did they really know each other? Right. And it's sad. It is sad. Um, But Bryce says, like, she was the alternative to Sabine. Which, right. right, that's what I thought. And it said, he says, she had a feeling she might not live long enough for that. And Danica didn't want to leave the wolf's future in Sabine's hands. She was seeking a way to protect them by uncovering a possible alternative in the bloodline to challenge Sabine. Interesting. Mm. Um, Baxian goes on to say, but like after we met, she started hunting for a way into a world where we could be together since there was no way Sabine or Sandriel or even the Asteri would have allowed it. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you know, he says, I was so fucking glad when you killed Micah. I knew I had this feeling that prick was involved in her death. And I'm just like, for him to have to like go through her death, like the death of a mate. Yeah. Makes me so and sad. He has to be alone and in secret. I know. That's so sad. sad. 
and it's like that's like he she flashes back to like when she first like met Baxi and he told her like glad someone finally put a bullet through Micah's head and it's like yeah that's why he said it because Micah freaking killed his mate yeah I was gonna say Bryce is just like why wouldn't she have told me and he says she wanted to we didn't dare talk on the phone or write to each other we had a standing agreement to meet at a hotel in Forvos I could never get away from Sandriel for long on a given day every two months she worried that the Asteri would use me against her to keep her in line if they found out about us and Bryce asked did she tell you she loved you because we know those words never came out of Danica's mouth except for Bryce. And he says, yes, without a moment of hesitation. Mm-hmm. And Bryce is like pissed baby. about it. I'm like, Bryce, that's, he's her mate. Like, yeah. chill. I know. It's <laughs> a little selfish. I know. And she asks, like, she didn't care that you're a monster. And he says, after I met Danica, I tried my best to counteract all I did for Sandriel through some, though sometimes all I could do was lessen Sandriel's evil. She loved you, Bryce. You were the most important person in the world to her. You were, she goes, shut up. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't blame her for that reaction. I don't either. But it, it yeah, sucks. It sucks. Like, it truly sucks. And I just feel bad for, like, Baxi and like trying to explain it trying to like I don't know it's very hard like the whole situation is just really hard mm-hmm. um, and he challenger challenges her he says don't you don't you want to know all of it isn't that why you've been digging around you want to know need to know what Danica knew what she was up to what she what she kept secret Um, and she says fine let's start with this one if you knew her so well how did Danica meet Sophie Renast you ever hear that name in all your secret little conversations what did Danica want from her <laughs> i love her like attitude i'm just like calm down bryce like (laughs) it's not vaccine you should be mad at it right danica right um do you want to read now or do you well so the connection to sophie is Mm -hmm. again we go back to lineage yes there was that she was investigating the thunderbird lineage she traced the bloodlines so she started asking her some questions and just talking about theories and such and then um you know bryce asked do you know why sophie might have felt the need to carve a series of numbers and letters on herself when she drowned. And he, she shows the picture and Baxian is like, was that what was on there? Mm -hmm. And she's like, clearly recognizes it. She's like, Hunt's like, what is it? Mm -hmm. And Baxian answers immediately. He says, it's a system of numbering rooms and it's only one place on Midgard, the Asteri archives. Like, what was this referencing right in the archives? Yeah. And then Hunt goes, how in Earth's name do you know that? And he goes, because I gave it to Danica. What? What? How do you have that? Why do you know that? And so he explains more. He says, Sandra was the Asteri's pet. And he says, you know that Athelar, she made me serve as escort on one of her visits to the palace. When they brought her down to the archives for a meeting, I saw them go through the door. When Sandril emerged, she was pale. It was odd enough that I memorized the series of numbers and letters and passed it to Danica later as something to look into. Danica became obsessed with it. She wouldn't tell me why or what she thought might be in there, but she had theories, ones that she said would alter this very world. But she couldn't go in herself. She was too recognizable. She knew the Asteri were already watching her. So after she met Sophie, Danica gave her the information and Sophie snuck in to investigate since Sophie's record wouldn't have shown anything suspicious about her. And Baxian says, from what I gleaned from the Heinz reports, it took Sophie three years of work to get in. Three years of spying and going undercover as one of the archivists. I'm assuming she finally found a way to sneak into that room and ran to Kavala soon after. By that time, Danica was gone. 
did she died without ever learning what was in that room. But Sophie found out. And so that must have been the intel that Sophie planned to use as leverage against Ophion. And it's something war changing, something big. And Baxian says the Asteri don't have any of their palace blueprints on the interweb. Even their library catalog system is secret. Anything digitized is highly encrypted. But Bryce says, what if we have someone who can hack into anything? So Bryce, despite this bomb mm-hmm. being dropped and all of this new information, she right. almost immediately goes into like planning mode. Right. Like, well, I got to get in there. Mm-hmm. I got to know what's in there. Yeah. Let's do some digging. I got to bring in my mm-hmm. tech yeah. muscle. Mm-hmm. let's go and it reminds me like i think back to the beginning of this book when it was like searching for our meal and i was like you're only doing it because of danica yeah like i hate to say that because like i know Emil is a sweet kid and she did a great thing for him but she's only interested in danica's secrets yeah. like she wants to know why yeah. and again like she wants to go to the imperial in the imperial city for danica to yeah. find out about danica like, yeah. let it go, Bryce. Let it go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. All right. So, Declan's involved. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is nonsensical. Mm-hmm. I cannot hack into it. Right. This is chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, we also find out that Pippa made it out of that whole mess. Correct. Alive, which mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but Declan is continuing to kind of think through and he's saying, you know... While I can't necessarily get information or hack blueprints or whatever, the video footage mm-hmm. is not under, like, as intense security. Right. So it looks like we're going to watch a bajillion hours mm-hmm. of video footage. And that is their game plan to try to figure something out. Yep. Um, and I thought it was interesting. She's, like, chatting with Ethan on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, like, she's like saying, I don't understand why Danica didn't tell us. Like, did you know? Mm-hmm. And she's, like, it wouldn't have mattered to me. And he's, like, it would have mattered to me. Like, yeah. and I think Ethan's being honest in this situation. Like, Bryce would have freaked out. Mm-hmm. Like, she would have been so mad at Danica. Like, there's no way it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. It of course would. And I feel like Ethan's being a realist and trying to, like, bring Bryce back down to earth. Right. Um, it's easy to say it wouldn't have mattered when someone's dead. Right. And you don't actually have to go through that situation. It clearly matters now because you're upset now. Right. So, yes. Why would it not have mattered then? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so, after hours of searching, Declan finally finds a video of Sophie entering the room and they all go and watch it. Yes. Um, and basically, she's like sneaking into this room and she's gone for like 15 minutes and then comes back out and like they. They want to know what's in that room. Um, yep. And so Bryce says that they need to go to the Eternal City and into those archives. Yeah. Because she didn't take anything out with her. Uh-uh. So whatever it is, is still in there. Right. And so it's like, well, how are we going to do that? Yeah. Like it took her three years of undercover work. Right. To get in there. Right. How are they, mm-hmm. this crew, yeah. this recognizable crew. Right gonna as bryce puts it beat that time mm-hmm. i'm sure she's already planning <laughs> true story um let's see did you notice anything else no i mean we kind of pivot to they're in ethan after this they're yeah. playing video games together and just like kind of chatting about their lives like everything mm-hmm. um you know and ethan tells him that like he doesn't have a thing for bryce anymore which 
maybe I believe him. Maybe I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, just saying that to convince himself. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, he makes a comment and Ethan's like, did, did Rune tell you? Like, how did you know that? <laughs> and he's like, I, everyone has a thing for Bryce. Right. Um, so, and then, you know, Therian tells him how he kind of got entangled with the River Queen's daughter. It was basically like, he was just a horny young guy and wanted, right. wanted a sex with her. And so he promised her forever, which was dumb. But, um, yeah, Therian basically is just telling him like, handle any unresolved business you have before we go to the Eternal City, because there's a strong likelihood we're all dying out there. Yeah. So, Yeah. That's kind of where we leave it. Yeah, Ethan says there's something I have to do, and I'm like, well, what are you gonna do? Right. What do you? What business? What do you, do have, you have in mind right. when Therian says that? Right. Because you're kind of a solo wolf now. Right. Which makes me think of the wolf in the like tank at the mm. astronomer's office because she had flashed in his mind earlier that conversation. Let's see. So. All right. That's the end mm-hmm. of this week. Yes. Next week. Which is crazy because we only have like two more weeks. We do. We are so close to finishing this book. I cannot believe it. And like, of course, as always, SJM saves the greatest hits for the last like hundred pages. It's going to be crazy. These yes. next two episodes. Freaking wild. Wild. So next week we're doing chapters 66 through 71. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. And we'll talk next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at, at @fairiesandfangirls. Jump in on the conversation, and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye.